We hinted at it a little bit on yesterday's show, and after getting to see Kentucky play in the blue and white game, I think the Wildcats may have the deepest backcourt in the SEC this season. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be discussing Kentucky basketball's backcourt heading into this season. Is it the deepest in the SEC? Is it the best in the conference going to dive into that on today's episode we also have updated measurements on kentucky basketball's roster new height and weight for individual players some interesting notes i'd like to make there some players have gotten taller some players have added on more weight is all of it true we're going to dive into that as well and then finally we've got two bold predictions here to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Please subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. So let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky basketball, I think, may have the deepest backcourt in the SEC this upcoming season. A lot of this has to do with the fact that they have probably the best point guard situation heading into this season. I think that DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham form one of the best one-two punch duo, combo, whatever you want to call it. They are two of the best players at that respective position in the entire nation. To have both of them on the same team, I think is going to be very important for Kentucky and how they want to progress this upcoming season. A lot of people talk about the importance of guard play when it comes to the NCAA tournament. You and I talked about this a lot earlier this year when we were breaking down, could Kentucky actually make an NCAA tournament run? Kentucky dealing with some injuries across the board. Some players were not really playing for the majority of the season. And I came to the conclusion that it would be very difficult for Kentucky basketball to make a run in March Madness if they were without the fact that they, or excuse me, without the point guard play um, that other teams had. And you look at this year's roster, and obviously we've discussed it. There's talent up and down the board. But I really, really like what Kentucky has here at their point guard spot. Wagner, as we have talked about, is more of the calmer, slower paced, even though I don't don't think you would describe his game as slow at all. Just very decisive um, and careful point guard uh, between him and Dillingham. I think that he has a phenomenal mid-range game. Uh, It's very fascinating also to watch the different ways he can work himself to the basket. We got to see that on numerous occasions during the blue and white game, just contorting his body and getting into the lane to make some really impressive finishes. I think that Wagner, despite his maybe lack of efficiency from beyond the arc, is still going to be a very good scorer for the Kentucky Wildcats this upcoming season. He feels like a score-first type of guard. At least that's what he was tabbed as coming out of high school. But we've also gotten to see him distribute the ball a little bit, not just during the Global Jam, but also during this blue and white scrimmage this past weekend. I think that Wagner is going to be one of the best guards in the SEC. I think he is going to be one of the more confident players, I think, in this conference, and you will get to see that on numerous occasions. And then something we have also talked about when it comes to DJ Wagner 
is finding those moments late in games where you can go to a player and just tell him to be clutch, to go get you a bucket. And we saw at different points during the round robin in Canada where DJ Wagner was able to do that. I think he's going to help Kentucky close out games like they were not able to a season ago. You've got a great, great, great starter there at point guard. I think he's one of the best in the nation. And then you start to work your way into this depth here. Rob Dillingham scored 40 points during the blue and white scrimmage on Saturday. Very impressed with his efficient shooting. I believe he was 14 of 23 from the floor. And he was, I believe, what, 9 of 12 from the free throw line, 8 of 12 from the foul line. I think that Rob Dillingham, and we talked about this way, way back earlier in the spring, about how I thought he was going to start. I thought he was going to start at Kentucky because of his flashiness, because of his pace, because of his ability to handle the ball. He is very, very, very talented, but he's also a little raw. And this is something that we talked about with Boogie Fland whenever he committed to the Wildcats just a few days ago. I like his game. I like the fact that he can make some of these tough shots. Both he and Dillingham can. But it's how that translates to the collegiate game that gives me a little bit of concern, especially considering there's not a lot of weight there and not a lot of ability to be physical, I think, on the offensive end of the floor. Rob Dillingham, though, has showed in Canada and during these scrimmages that we've gotten to see that he can go out there and he can get his and he can ball out. He can shoot a little bit better, I think, than maybe people give him credit for from beyond the arc. Will he be as consistent in the regular season? That's what I'm going to be watching for still. He's a uber-talented uber player. He gives this team a different dynamic whenever he is on the court. I'm curious to see how much Kentucky plays him and Wagner at the same time this upcoming season. Both of those players are so, so talented in their own right. I think both of them have different areas of their game that they can absolutely improve on. They're not perfect by no means, but they're special. I think that what they do well is very special. That's just your point guard spot. I think that Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner could start at just about any school in the country this upcoming season. You could absolutely make an argument for that. And then you look at your shooting guard role. And Antonio Reeves, while he did not play very well during the uh, during the blue and white scrimmage, he went one of nine from beyond the arc, and he was he was chucking. He just could not find a shot uh, on Saturday. I still think Reeves is going to be a, an improved player compared to where he was a season ago. And last year, he was a very good three point shooter, one of the best in the conference uh, for the Wildcats. I think he's going to be that again, and I also think you're going to see a little bit better uh, aggression. From Antonio Reeves. You got to see that on Saturday. I mean, the shots weren't falling. And he was still going at it, um, still finding himself uh, creating different, trying to create different shots and trying to get open looks to go down. I think he's going to continue to fire away. He's going to continue to shoot. And you are going to have nights where you look up and you see things like he did in the Global Jam where he is just on fire. You can't stop him. He's shooting above 50% for the entire game, and it's just a thing where you just have to let the flamethrower cook. And I think that Antonio Reeves will probably be your leading scorer this upcoming season. So you've got two really good point guards that can create shots and also distribute very well, and then you've got a shooting guard that will get you buckets. And that what that's what he's going to do this season. He's not really going to do a whole lot else on that end of the floor. He's going to get you buckets, though. I'm very confident in that. The player backing him up, it's very fascinating to me. How does Kentucky utilize Reed Shepard? We're going to talk about Reed Shepard later on in the show a little bit more in depth because of a bold prediction somebody has. Reed Shepard has proven 
whenever you've watched him, whenever the coaching staff has talked about him, that he can do more than just shoot a little bit uh, because that's what he did really well coming out of high school. He is also a decent, he's a pretty decent athlete. He can get up, he can jump. Um, he can also do other things, not just on the offensive end for you. For you. you can play really good on and off ball defense. I think that he can also distribute. We got to see that on full display during the Global Jam. He can grab rebounds as well. He's not just a shooter. He's not just a backup too that can play a little bit of the one as well. He's a very good basketball player. And can, and he rounds out what is this quadruple, or excuse me, this, this quartet, I should say, of really, really good, really, really good guards. And that's what you need in the postseason. One of these guys is really experienced. The rest of them are freshmen. How do those three guys come alongside Antonio Reeves? That's going to be interesting to see. But as far as depth goes, I think Kentucky has one of the deepest backcourts in the entire SEC. Looking at these individual players on paper, they're going to be really good for Kentucky. Now, one of these guys, will they potentially fall off and be that fourth guy in a rotation of four where you see maybe three rise to the top and there's just one kind of lagging behind. You could see that. You could absolutely see that. Maybe injury, knock on wood, forces some of these players in the too deep to kind of step up. I hope not. But I think this is one of the deepest backcourts in the nation because Dillingham and Shepard could on their own be really special, and they may be the guys playing next year uh, alongside Boogie Fland, Carter Knox, Mayhaps as well. We'll get to see what happens there. But just to give you an idea here of what this Kentucky backcourt could be, we're just going to throw out some numbers here, some projected numbers. This is kind of how I see this maybe shaking out. This is literally just shooting it. This is me just spitballing, shooting at the wall here. DJ Wagner, maybe 13, 14 points per game, four and a half assists, three rebounds, somewhere around there. He's going to shoot above 44%, I think, from the floor, somewhere between 33 and 36% from beyond the arc. I don't think he's going to be a bad shooter this year. I think that Rob Dillingham's probably going to be your worst uh, three-point shooter at somewhere between 30 to 33%. 32.9 is kind of where I'm guessing right now. Five-plus points, uh, two-and-a-half to three assists a game, one-and-a-half rebounds, shooting at least 40% from the floor. I don't think he's going to be absolutely terrible. I think there will be nights where Dillingham does what he did against, uh, in the, uh, the blue and white scrimmage uh, as well. Um, maybe these numbers are a little uh, less efficient than what the players are actually going to end up being. Antonio Reeves, 16 points a game. I think maybe you get to see that two-point jump here. 1.1 assists, 2.4 rebounds, shooting above 47% from the floor possibly, and above 35 36% from beyond the arc. 37 is where I'm guessing right now. I think that those are very fair assessments of those three players, just guessing how they're going to play out statistically and then Reed Shepard somewhere around five points, two, two assists, two rebounds, shooting 47% from the floor, somewhere around there, 46-47, shooting somewhere. But I, I don't really know how Reed's going to shoot from three. It's going to be somewhere between, what, 30 to 36%? You would have to guess somewhere in that range. I have no idea. But to combine all of that, that's over 40 points of production from your two deep in your backcourt. You could like you'd like to imagine that Justin Edwards is going to get his Aaron Bradshaw also as well. This team's going to score a decent amount of points this upcoming season. And maybe I'm undervaluing what Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard do for you from a scoring perspective. Maybe they're a little bit better than that. Who knows? I want you guys to tell me in the comments below. What do you think about Kentucky's backcourt? Is it the deepest in the SEC? I think it is. You can leave that in the YouTube comments below. We have updated measurements for Kentucky basketball's roster. Some very 
notable differences from just a season ago. I want to dive into that in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They've got really simple tools as well, like screening questions. It makes it really easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. Small businesses love LinkedIn jobs. They rate them number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. It's really simple what LinkedIn Jobs does for you. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everyone, if you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel or the podcast feed already, please go ahead and do so. And if you're subscribed to one and not subscribed to the uh, subscribed whoa to the other, go ahead and do so. There's no harm in it at all. It's free, and if you don't want to stay subscribed, you can just unsubscribe at any time. We've got updated measurements for the Kentucky Wildcats roster. Some of these very uh, interesting developments here uh, from some of these different positions across the board. And you can go find this on UKAthletics.com. You can go look at the basketball page. You can go, can go look at the roster. You can look at them individually on the cards, or you can also switch the view to list. It's the where I'm looking right now. And we'll start from the top and work our way down. Rob Dillingham is the first player listed on the roster because he is number zero, listed at six foot three, 176 pounds. The kid looks like he's about six foot six one, but if they say six three, you know what? Let's rock with it. Six foot three, we'll go with it. That's fine. I don't necessarily know if that's true because of just looking at him, but we'll roll with six three. Sure, why not? Justin Edwards listed at six foot eight, 203 pounds. He's also listed as a guard instead of a forward, which is really interesting there. Aaron Bradshaw, seven foot one. 226 pounds, a little bit light for his seven foot one frame. I actually think it's pretty, it's going to be pretty fun to see what he does at power forward this upcoming season at 7 1, 226. Maybe he'll be a little lighter on his feet than we expect. I'm excited, really excited to see what Aaron Bradshaw does this year. And then this is the, the addition here. This is the new update that I am most intrigued by. Adu Thiero, who was previously listed a season ago at six foot six, 200 pounds, he is now listed. At six foot eight, 222 pounds. He has gained 22 pounds and two inches of height. Holy cow. That is right there where you want him at the small forward, power forward, tweener spot. You and I have discussed for what has been, what, two episodes in a row now about Adu Thiero and what he may be for this rotation this season. He could end up being a very vital player for the Kentucky Wildcats, a glue guy, if you will. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, talked about that earlier this offseason. Adu Thiero at 6'8 is terrifying. Now, is he actually 6'8? Again, I don't know how accurate all of these heights are, but I trust the weight. I do trust the, 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 uh, the weight that they've updated here 
on the roster. Fiera looks like he's put on about 22 pounds of muscle, and he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. We saw it in Canada. We saw it the other night whenever we got to see him play in the Global Jam, plus 20 points on, what was it, 10 of 13 shooting and 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. If he's able to replicate those numbers on a smaller scale and still be that efficient this upcoming season, that's going to be a really good power forward, small forward for you. That's going to be a very good player coming off the bench or starting. Who knows? He may end up starting uh, for the Wildcats uh, for the for the beginning of the year. That's what we talked about on, on yesterday's episode. Trey Mitchell listed at six foot nine, two thirty one. Antonio Reeves listed at six foot six, one hundred ninety five pounds. That is actually down ten pounds from a season ago. Reed Shepard listed at six three, one eighty seven. Is Reed Shepard actually 6'3"? I don't know. I'd like to see Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard stand beside each other. I don't necessarily know if they are the same height, and I also don't know if they are both 6'3", but I digress. Joey Hart listed at 6'5", 203. DJ Wagner listed at 6'4", 192. Uh, Once more, is DJ Wagner 6'4"? I don't really know. Um, Maybe he is. Maybe I'm just wrong. Uh, I don't know. Uh, With shoes, probably these guys are are accurate to their height here. Um, Maybe. Uh, I would would not be uber confident in that statement. But anyway, Jordan Burks listed at guard at 6'8", 202 pounds. I'm not quite sure if he'll be playing a lot of guard for the Kentucky Wildcats this season, but let's rock with it. And then you've got on Yenzo. He was previously listed at six foot 11, 225 pounds. Again, want to reiterate, 6'11", 225. He is now seven feet tall, which I can understand the, the maybe the one-inch growth spurt there. 6'11", seven feet tall, doesn't matter, he's tall. 247 pounds now. He has jumped from 225 to 247. Are you kidding me? He is going to be a tank this upcoming season. He is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Holy cow. Yugana Nienzo has really uh, done a lot to develop this offseason. I will be impressed to see what he looks like when he, when he is fully healthy and out there ready to go. Zvonimir Ivasic, 7'2", 234 pounds. So Kentucky has seven, or excuse me, three seven-footers that are all 222 or heavier on this roster 33, 44, and number two. Going to be fascinating to see how Kentucky utilizes this rotation this upcoming season with those three guys. Uh, I am really, really interested to see as well. Are these guys, do these guys actually look like how they are measured on this roster? Um, You tell me what you think in the YouTube comments below. As always, you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. Okay, we've got two bold predictions here. To wrap up the show, one of them about Reed Shepard and then one of them about a early season game that is predicted by this person to be a blowout. I don't know how I feel about it, but we will talk about it in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is one of the best daily fantasy sports apps I have ever seen. They are the number one daily, daily fantasy sports app when it comes to quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's really, really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds. Prize Picks also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. 
Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Like I said, it's super easy to play. It's a lot of fun. You can go over to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash college. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That is Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. We've got two bold predictions here to wrap up the show. I believe this is our fifth or sixth installment of the bold predictions series. I asked you guys to give your bold predictions on a variety of outlets, and you came through, and I'm going to look at each of them and give you on a scale of 1 to 10 how bold I think that prediction is heading into this season. We've got two here starting with Wonky, and this is in relation to Reed Shepard, who we talked a little bit about at the beginning of the show. He said, I hate to say it, but my bold prediction is that Reed Shepard will be a projected first-rounder by season's end. I think he comes back, though. So he believes that Reed Shepard will end up being a projected first-rounder, but will return to the Kentucky Wildcats this upcoming season, or this this upcoming season after this one. I think that this is a 7.5, 7.8 on the boldness scale. I think that Reed Shepard will be a very good player for Kentucky basketball for future seasons. I don't think that he is going to be a first-rounder or at least a projected first-rounder at the end of this year. I believe, actually, we had an episode, I don't know if it was last month or the month before that, where we talked about this with Reed Shepard about how there was either an outlet or somebody that said something similar to this about Reed Shepard's going to be uh, a first-round pick for Kentucky at the end of the season, possibly. And I said, I don't necessarily know if that's true because of the players that are ahead of him in this rotation and the way that these different players are going to get minutes may not be what we expect. Now, we did see, I believe, him get over 20 minutes a game in the Global Jam. He was able to do a lot during those minutes, was not the best shooter from beyond the arc, but I think that he has the ability to show first-round potential. I think this is what I said whenever we talked about this before. He has the ability to show that this year. I just don't know if he's going to be able to get the opportunity to produce the sample size that scouts will want to see, and then, therefore, they will project him as a first-round pick or somewhere around that. I don't know if he's going to be able to put up the numbers necessarily this season to get to that first round projection. So I think that he is capable of being that in the future. Absolutely. I just don't know if it's going to be by season's end. Now, would injuries uh, maybe force him into a larger role and he is then therefore capable of showing off his abilities and skills? Yes, absolutely. I think that could 100% happen for Reed Shepard, but we're not banking on, excuse me, we're not, we're not banking on injuries here. At least I'm, I'm hoping that they don't happen Knocking on wood once more. So I'm going to give this one a 7.8 on the boldness scale. I don't necessarily think that Shepard's going to be able to fir- be able to get into that first round this year. And future seasons, though, absolutely. I think he's got that type of development in him. And then the second bold prediction here, the last bold prediction of the day. This comes from Agee11, A-G-E-E-1-1. He says, Cal beats the brakes off of Kansas. And AG11 had, uh, I think, 10 or 15 bold predictions, but this was the first one at the top of the list. I wanted to tackle this one first. Maybe we'll revisit some some others in future episodes. 
But he said the Cal beats the brakes off of Kansas, a team that we right now would, I think, be fair to say is uh, would be favored over the the Kentucky Wildcats. In fact, um, in in fact, if I'm not mistaken, seventy four to sixty nine. Yeah, that's what Kim Palm currently predicts uh, for the for the Kansas Jayhawks. They predict them to beat them by five. So I think that blowing out Kansas, while things like that do happen at the beginning of the season, especially in these like Champions Classics and stuff like that, I think that while it's possible, I think this is going to be a competitive game. You look at Kansas's starting five projection for this upcoming season, they've got some really, really, really good players that are returning. Uh, Dejuan Harris Jr., who is one of the best defensive players uh, in the country. I believe he had Big 12 DPOI last year. Um, not the most efficient score, but a great uh, distributor of the basketball at point guard. You, I'm not really sure what they're going to do at shooting guard. I don't know if they're going to go with El Marco Jackson or if they're going to go with somebody else, but he was a top five prospect. Uh, really, really good player. McDonald's All-American. Kevin McCuller, transfer, I believe, from Texas Tech. I may be wrong there. Um, he was a really good DPOI or a DPOI finalist uh, for for in college basketball a couple of different times, actually. K.J. Adams um, is a really good player that can kind of space the floor uh, for the Jayhawks. And then, as we all know, Hunter Dickinson is going to be the starter there. Um, I don't really know how much depth they have at center past that. Uh, Ardia Morris is the player I'm thinking of. He actually transferred from Texas uh, after playing his freshman season there. They've got a couple of other really good veteran guards that may be coming off the bench uh, for for the Jayhawks. So they've got really good, I think, guard presence. And they've got some veteran players up and down this roster combined with a blend of younger and uber-talented uh, prospects as well. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the country. It's going to be very difficult for Kentucky to blow them out of the water. The guard play would have to be excellent, but the rim protection would have to be even better for Kentucky. And I just don't know if that's going to be there three games into the year. So is it possible that Kentucky beats the brakes off of Kansas? Sure. It's not my current projection. I think it's a pretty bold take that Kentucky blows them out of the water. I'm going to put an 8.2 on the boldness scale for this one. I think that it's in the realm of possibility, but Kansas is a very good team. Very, very, very good team with a little bit more experience than Kentucky across the board. So if you have any thoughts on that, let me know in the comments below. And if you've got any bold predictions, Please, please submit them wherever you may be tuning in, whether that be on YouTube or on podcast. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore and follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below or you can hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.